What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Free Talk Live. It's Bonnie and Aria. Of course, you can bring up absolutely anything that happens to be on your mind. Coming up, all three of us independently shows the exact same story to talk about tonight. And so we definitely, that usually means we should talk about it. Well, it deals with Satoshi Nakamoto, yeah. so it's important. Yeah. Uh, Craig Wright, the man who claims, one of the men who claims to be Satoshi Nakamoto, has quote-unquote won a court case. We'll get into that story coming up here. Of course, he and his associates are saying that it it's proof that he's Satoshi Nakamoto. He is absolutely not Satoshi Nakamoto. <laughs> and we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, but honestly, uh, there is a pretty important story coming out of New York City that I think we should probably talk about first. But before we do any of those things, we're going to the phones where Ukraine 79 is on the line. Ukraine 79, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, folks, what's happening? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, so I was watching on Odyssey, actually, a video by Adam Kokesh, and he was talking about basically cannabis taxation, the taxes you pay on cannabis. And he used a term that's really sticking with me the last few days since I've watched that video. He used the term blood blood cannabis, Hmm. as in cannabis that's been purchased with the U.S. dollar, which we know the issues with the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. And the issue with the taxes on top of marijuana going to things that could be uh, law enforcement, for example, that kills people, kind of things like that. Mm. Yeah, I know some states that have like cannabis uh, taxation claim that the money goes to programs like, you know, to help people get off drugs, supposedly. I don't know if that's true in all states. And which states have that, I don't know either. But yeah, there's certainly a chance law enforcement could get their ugly hands on that. I mean, to me, it doesn't make a big difference which governmental agency the money is going to because it just frees up money for a different governmental organization to, for the money for different money to go to you That's know true. the police state or whatever. So yeah, they're not going to lower the budget because of cannabis taxation. They're going to add it to yeah. So any amount of money that goes to the state, even if it's just you know raising money for lotteries or whatever, it's 
ultimately blood money. It's fungible. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so is he advocating that people who want to purchase cannabis should continue to buy it on the black market? Um, I don't know if that was exactly where he was going. Actually, where I saw this was on a video he made um, on the day of Thanksgiving. He was handing out eight eights of marijuana to homeless people on the street, <laughs> and he kind of went on this tirade when he had he was with some woman, and it looked like a, a, a camper of some sort. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of cool the conversation they had after they were handing out these eights of weeds. They seemed to forget rolling papers, but they handed them lighting, so that lighter, so that was weird. But it was a good video. It's on Odyssey if you guys want to see it. But I just thought his views on marijuana and uh, and the legal marijuana market were interesting. He also mentioned, you know, he, when he told me, or not told me, but told people watching the video, the legal cannabis prices, I was surprised some people were paying $60 for an eighth of wheat. Holy wow. Crap. That's like black market rates. I mean, that's seriously, I, I, I remember back in the day, I mean, 20 years ago, those were black market rates. $60 for an eighth? Yeah. Because yeah. like, should be like 40 bucks, 35 bucks. Of, of like really good weed. Okay. Because yeah. I'm like, I could get an ounce for like 65, 75. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's it wasn't it was, good weed, but it was weed. You said back in the day? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you could get, back in Florida, you could get what they had, regs, they had mids, and they had the, the high-end stuff. So the high-end stuff was $60 for, for an eighth. Okay. Maybe that's is, why it is, because it's supposedly really nice. Well, but that's the thing. Like now, I mean, you can go on the dark web and order all kinds of high-end weed for less than that. So, I mean, that's that's highway robbery to have to pay that just for the convenience of going into a, a store. Now, I suspect it's different in different states. Did he say from which state? Hold on. Uh, I have a question yeah. now. Uh, in, in one of these states where pot is legal, is buying pot on the dark web legal? That's an excellent question. As I understand it, Aria, and this is... I have is, experience. You what? You have experience? Buying uh, weed on the dark web in a legal state. Um, Michigan won't prosecute for much. If you've got more than two ounces, it could be a problem. But if you buy under two ounces, it kind of flies under the radar. Yeah. So uh, this isn't legal advice. I'm not an attorney. But my understanding of possession is that it was never illegal to buy the weed. That the action of the purchase as a customer, as a seller, you were, it was illegal to sell the weed You know, under prohibition. But to buy the weed just... There wasn't like a separate. It was charge. illegal to possess it once Correct. you had it. But yes. okay, yes, yeah, so that makes illegal sense. To possess. So I mean, it makes no sense. But I understand right. the logic behind it. So therefore, in a state in which possession is legal, then the purchase of that weed on the dark narc, uh, the dark web should not be its own separate crime, as I understand it. So again, not legal advice. Just keep that in mind. That's not to say that the cops won't snag the weed if they happen to catch it running through the mail system. And I don't know what the federal government would think about that either. So I'm just talking about like state level. I don't know. I, like, well, I've you heard... didn't ship anything across state borders. Someone else did. That's true. That's true. And I've... you don't even know what state they're in. They so for argue... all you know, it came from the house next door. Well, I mean, they could argue that you induced that person to uh, like it could be a conspiracy charge, conspiracy to ship. We could uh, see if there's any stories of it ever happening. Well, and that's a good another good point, Bonnie, is 
when it comes to the dark web, they tend to not focus on busting the users anyway. As far as the federal government is concerned, they go after the bigger fish. They want to go after the people running the darknet websites and the the bigger vendors on the darknet sites. So if you're just somebody who's bought a little bit of weed on the darknet, I mean, the odds that you're going to encounter any kind of difficulty beyond a lost shipment is probably next to zero. Well, going back to his idea, well, his interest in Adam Kokesh using the term blood weed for weed that's taxed, that is exactly why people who are for the legalization or the decriminalization of entheogens don't want to make the same mistake that was made with cannabis. They don't think that anybody should have to ask the government permission to use something that's part of nature. I mean, cannabis is included, but in a lot of states, it's just already too late. Well, you don't just mean permission to use. You mean permission to sell, permission to grow. You shouldn't have to ask anybody for that. Yeah, it should totally be Mm descheduled because it doesn't make sense that the government has any sort of right to tell you that you can't possess something that's part of nature. Ukraine 79, any other thoughts you want to share tonight? Hey, thanks for the bitbox and the giveaway. You guys rock. Take care. Cool. Yeah, I was actually going to ask uh, if you'd been all settled up on that. So it sounds like he hasn't. Uh, well, I don't know. It may have arrived today. All I know is but they said they were info. shipping it this week. Okay. Cool. So sweet. Enjoy it, Ukraine. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, and the, by the way, the Bitbox giveaway uh, is going to happen again. So we did one Bitbox. This is a 100% open source hardware wallet. Uh, Ukraine 79 is the first winner. And we gave that away to people who had signed up for our social media site and could prove that they were watching our Odyssey or subscribed to our Odyssey channel. The next one is going to be for people who have joined the the new AMPS program over at our Patreon over at amps.freetalklive.com. So if you want to support Free Talk Live... You could get a little bonus if you join the AMPS program before the end of this month. We're going to do the giveaway, I don't know, maybe New Year's Eve or a few days after that, because you're not here on New Year's Eve. It's like Saturday or Friday night or something this year. Okay. Uh, but I mean, based on the fact that, you know, it's a party night, there's a decent chance I'll end up here because other people will be partying. And I'll just be like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm done <laughs> partying, man. <laughs> well, if that's the case, then we could ring in the new year with a, with a BitBox giveaway or something. That's like true. That. Uh, so, yeah, if you, if you want to join the AMPS program, go to amps.freetalklive.com, and you can do that as uh, Alex Flores has done, by the way. Alex is a gold-level supporter via the AMPS program. That means he's doing 10 bucks a month. All we ask for is 5 so he's doing twice, at least twice that amount. So definitely appreciate the support. We got more coming up here, including Craig Wright, the supposed Satoshi Nakamoto. He says... He is Satoshi Nakamoto. That's what he he wants you to believe. He said he is. Yeah, but he hasn't proven it. And this case, whether he likes it or not, according to Coindesk, he didn't prove it here either. Uh, there's more coming up. But uh, that's not stopping him from claiming that his so-called victory here is proof that he's Satoshi. Well, he is crazy. 603-283-6160. And he's litigious. So he's the worst kind of crazy. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Which is stupid because it would take him all of, you know, three minutes to prove that he was Satoshi Nakamoto. Yeah, if 
he were actually Satoshi Nakamoto, but he hasn't done that. Instead, he just takes everybody to court, and uh, there was another case recently that he was involved in that just, uh, I guess, finalized today with a jury verdict. We'll tell you about that. On the way here tonight, it's Ian, Bonnie, and Aria in the studio. By the way, you want to learn about cryptocurrency, you can get over to Bitcoin.com and click Get Started at the top of the page. And that is where you'll find all kinds of uh, information, including some videos, like you can uh, watch just one of those videos. It's, I think, about three minutes long, the first one, and get some of the basics down about uh, cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Might be a good time to do it now, considering the price of one Bitcoin had, as of yesterday, was below $50,000. I believe it came back a little bit today and is now above 50000 again. Happy Christmas, Sal. Yeah, for sure. Head on over to Bitcoin.com, get started. And also, if you're not new to crypto, if you want to get the latest news headlines, they've got those there, too, over at news.bitcoin.com. That's news.bitcoin.com. As we go uh, to the story that I wanted to start the show with, and that is the latest out of New York City. Now, as of today, the and I believe this is the outgoing mayor, so Bill de Blasio, this guy isn't just resting on his laurels and kicking back in the last few weeks of his uh, his mayorship because they just elected a new guy the, the guy that claims he's going to turn New York City into some sort of bitcoin mecca even though <laughs> that seems counter to everything New York City stands for yeah well i mean apparently he's into bitcoin which you know good for him I'm well sure. he wants to make his own crypto right a new york city Coin. Well, I don't know if he wants to make his own. There already is the NYC coin that some uh, in independent group started just a few weeks ago. And according to the group that started NYC coin, they, the new incoming mayor has given it, it his blessing or whatever. So, um, so they already have that. I don't see why they would start another one if mm-hmm. they're going to use this one. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. I, that all is, you know. I know. Not- the inner coin guy has talked about wanting to create a New York City coin too, so maybe he can tell him about that one. Maybe, um, but I mean, I don't understand why anyone wants to do anything with New York City except get the hell away from it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you really love cities, then New York City is the big one in the United States. Um, but yeah, if you love liberty, then you don't belong in New York City. Especially, I mean, if I mean, you can have the city lifestyle without being in New York City. Like, the most overpopulated, miserable place on the planet. I'm sure there's more miserable places than New York City. I don't don't know know if I believe it, because (laughs) when I lived in San Antonio, going to Austin to see my sister was just like, I I swore to never go back the last time I was there, and I never will. It's just so awful, and I can't imagine that time's like, what, 10? Yeah, look, I'm not a fan of New York City myself. I'm not trying to defend it here, (laughs) but there's a certain city person, there's a certain type of person who just likes loves. being miserable well but they wouldn't describe <laughs> it that way like they would describe new york city as the best city on you know in the united states because everything's close by you don't have to have a car you can go out to all these different things and you were talking about this once uh bonnie that when you lived in san antonio which is obviously a much larger place than where you live now there were all these things out there to constantly distract you so yeah. you were always either going shopping with friends or going out to see some sort of a show or even my job just felt like a video game. Yeah, so you're always distracted. And so the people in New York City, they love that. They love being able to just walk down to Broadway or, you know, get a jit- jit- jitney cab and uh, go somewhere and do something. You know, all these different things that they can do. There's there's restaurants everywhere. And so for the people that are foodies or whatever, they they love that stuff. 
They don't have to ever like do anything All I can think is you know, feet are gross, but some people like feet. You know? <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> and that sounds to me about like New York City. But if you love liberty, then you really don't belong in a place like New York City. Because, it, I mean, if it, as though it weren't bad enough prior to 2020, like New York City's always been a big government place in the biggest government state, in the least free state of all of the 50 states. The Freedom in the 50 States study just came out last week. We talked about it uh, to a large extent here on Free Talk Live. New York, still number 50. Still number 50. Uh, and in fact, New York has now d- um, taken Texas's place Texas was number 50 in just the personal freedoms breakdown. So the Freedom of the 50 States does the overall freedom, of which New York is number 50. But it also has different categories. So there's like different economic freedoms and personal freedom categories. So the overall personal freedom, Texas used to be number 50. It's now number 49. New York now number 50 as far as personal freedom uh, is concerned. So it's it's always Did this, been. Uh, latest study take into account you know, COVID-19? No. Okay. So it was still 2019 numbers. Correct. So, uh, yeah, anything that happened up to January 1st, 2020 was included in, in this study as far as laws that took place. And Texas might go back to 50 with its abortion law. And, it might. And, uh, like, bars on letting private businesses do things related to the vaccine or whatever. But, oh, yeah, and you ha- you can't be a stripper if you're oh, yeah. under 21. Under 21 now yeah. in Texas. Texas, yeah. man. That's crazy. The uh, so it's going to be a tough fight between New York and Texas because you have to remember New York. It's like a presidential have... election. Which one of these two things is the worst? Yeah. <laughs> now, New York City has a vaccine mandate. I don't believe the rest of the state does at this point. But earlier, a few months ago, the vaccine mandate went into place. I think it was like September that they started to uh, enforce this thing where people who wanted to go out to eat or go to the gym or something like that, go to a Broadway show, had to show proof of vaccination in order to get in, which also means they have to show ID because you can't just show proof of vaccination because it doesn't have your photo on it. So they have to also, you know, show the ID at the same time. So in order to go out and do anything. Yeah. And like that should have been enough right there for freedom lovers to say, all right, we're done. We're getting out of here. Like, But no, they still stay in New York City. And in fact, some of them are still going to stay in New York City after this news just hit. Mayor Bill de Blasio has announced today yet another expansion of their vaccine mandate. Because this is how things work. They see how far they can push it. Oh, they will get our vaccine cards. They will show the vaccine cards at all these different businesses. All right. What can we tell them to do now? Well, according to the story, starting December 27th, that's two days after Christmas, New York's vaccine mandate will expand to all private sector workers. A move Bill de Blasio, the mayor, called the first of its kind in the nation as he announced the looming changes That's Monday. nothing to brag about, dude. I realize to him in his twisted worldview, that yeah. is a thing to brag about. Oh, we're, the, we're the first to become the most tyrannical place in the United States. That's what he's, that's, he's going out on this. This is his last, you know, hurrah. His he, legacy. Yeah, this is his swan song. This is it for him. Now, I presume he's going to run for governor or something like that. And he's going to show this as like, hey, look what I did for New York City. I can do this for the whole state. Isn't the crazy lady who president. says that no uh, verifiable religion is against vaccines? Isn't that crazy lady the new governor? Ooh, uh, that sounds possible. She was yeah. saying, as far as I know, the Pope hasn't come out and said he was against vaccines, as if that means no Catholic can claim religious exemption. Yeah, most of the quote well, I think if they're leaders. Catholic and the Pope doesn't allow them to, I, I don't think they are allowed to. 
Well, I but don't know. Catholicism you can have your own. weird like that. I guess you can't have your own. Well, most of the quote-unquote religious, major religious leaders are absolutely in favor of the vaccine because they're bought and sold by the system. I mean, they're all working on this together. And there's more. There's more because they're coming after your children in New York City as well, as far as vaccines are concerned. We'll tell you more about what their plan is. And if you're still living in New York City and you love liberty, give us a call. Please explain yourself. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. With you tonight, Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. We're raising funds for Give Directly, which is the first nonprofit that allows you to give money directly to people living in extreme poverty, like Kenya. Yeah, so it's fairer to say that we're raising money for families in Kenya through Give Directly. That's true. They locate recipients who are in need and use mobile money, which is big in Africa. To send them cash, no strings attached. In the past decade, they've delivered over $400 million to over a million people. Research shows that giving cash to people uh, living in poverty can help drive a range of important positive changes in their lives, like employment, nutrition, health, and education. In addition, cash allows individuals to invest in what they need instead of relying on aid organizations and donors thousands of miles away to choose for them. Isn't that what you would prefer? Well, if so, Free Talk Live is matching your donations to give directly up to $30,000. And if you're feeling generous this holiday season, you want to, uh, season you want to help people in Bumet and Khalifi counties, people who've been plagued by things like drought, floods, and food insecurity, then you can go to give.freetalklive.com and you can help out. There may not be a better way to help those families in Kenya. Give.freetalklive.com. So we're talking about the latest New York City vaccine mandate modification because they already had one and they you know implemented that a few months ago. Uh, restricting adults from going into a lot of businesses, like pretty much any kind of place you'd want to go to, like a restaurant or a theater or something like that. Anything with entertainment, basically. Yeah, basically. And they called that the key to the city, I believe. The key to NYC. Their Wasn't it also like easily spoofed? Like people were uploading pictures of menus as their vaccine cards and it was returned to the green check mark or whatever it was they needed? Ooh, I don't know. I, I seem to recall I heard that about it was. that too. It was like people were... Taking random pictures of, like, a tree, and it would say, like, check. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know what the potential penalty would be if you were caught doing something like that, because I suspect they've got empty jail cells just waiting for (laughs) people uh, who want to try to work their system. Um, You know, why would you want to take those risks when you could just leave New York City? Mm -hmm. Like, to me, I don't want to be in a place with surrounded, first of all, surrounded by obedient people. Because how are you going to make it in the fashion world anywhere other than New York City? If you're if you're going to leave New York City, though, you need to do it soon. Don't do like the people of Australia or New South Wales. They'd be like, oh, we can, we can leave later. 
we, we, we have a five-year plan for moving to a place that's freer. And then they close the borders. Yeah, and then you're kind of stuck there, and you literally cannot leave. So here's what happened. Uh, the latest update from NBCNewYork.com. All private sector workers in New York City are now subject to the mayor's vaccine mandate starting December 27th, affecting 184,000 businesses and however many employees that means. So every single person who worked for somebody else... Uh, now, I don't know if this is going to apply to a business owner. Let's say you're just a single person, you have no employees, and, you know, you, you know, go around if, you know, you're a plumber or something like that. You do some sort of service and it's your business. I you, think because of the legal fiction of small businesses, you would be considered an employee of the company that you own, wouldn't I you? I don't know. I'm not sure how all that works. But either way, it's getting really bad really fast in New York City. So while vaccine proof for indoor dining, fitness and entertainment will be required as as well now for children ages 5 to 11, according to the mandate announced by Bill de Blasio, the mayor. So if you want to go into like McDonald's or something with your family of five, you have to show them everyone's vaccination cards. That's correct. That's absurd. And it's not just New York City doing that. San Francisco's uh, beat them to that punch. The other horrible Correct. city in the united states the current rule will expand the two require expand to require two vaccine doses instead of proof of only one as far as people age 12 and older are concerned so it was that you only had to have one vaccine dose you knew this was coming right like you knew they were going to go to it's two. so confusing at this point like if you're ages 5 to 11 you only have to have one shot well, that's to because be they just approved it yeah but if you're 12 to 18, you have to have two. two. If you're 18 to 65, you have to have three, but only... Well, it's only two in New York City, at least. Okay. That's going to change, though. It will. First, they have to go to two from one. Then they'll go to three, you know, probably So people don't winter. catch on that it's ridiculous. I mean, how could people not catch on at this point if you haven't <laughs> Because they're distracted in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Afraid. I continue. Every single day when, like, COVID news pops up, I'm like, and the Omicron variant in particular, mm-hmm. is it not painfully clear to people at this point that one we're never going to eradicate Mm COVID-19 and two there will always be a new variant and three the vaccines clearly don't stop any of it but go ahead and get another booster because they said that it'll help but it doesn't even though they've also said that it's resistant to the vaccine the vaccines go ahead i think these people have just completely rented out their brain space that you know would try to figure something like that out to the experts so yeah. they're just like oh they're, they're working on it all i need to do is figure out how told. many shots i need so that way i can live my life yeah. the way i want to they just don't even think about the fact that it's ridiculous no they bought into it hook line i mean and we're like sinker. two years into this yeah and the lockdowns didn't stop it the masks didn't stop it the social distancing nothing has stopped it and Supposedly, now they're just sorry. pushing now they're just pushing vaccines and that's not stopping it either Supposedly, it's the worst now than it's ever been. And how could anybody believe that the, you know, the crackdowns made anything better? Yeah, uh, I saw some, I think it was the Defiant L's Twitter that I've, I've mentioned before, where they take a quote from a liberal from last year, and then they take a quote from them from this year. This one actually had Joe Biden, and I don't have it in front of me right now, but it was his quote when he was campaigning, like, Trump doesn't even have a plan to deal with this. I do. Talking about talking about covid and now there's more COVID deaths this year than there were last year. Where are they at, though? So, yeah, and supposedly. there's probably more COVID deaths because they fired 20% of the hospital staffs and closed mm. a fair bit of the hospitals because, yeah. you know, they didn't have the staff to keep them open. So apparently the uh, requirement to have two doses does exclude people who are vaccinated with Johnson & Johnson's single-dose shot. 
Kids age 5 to 11 only need to show proof of one dose when the requirement for them kicks in on December 14th, considering they only first became eligible for their initial doses in early November and must wait at least 21 days between doses. But don't worry, coming you know this winter, kids in New York City will have to have two doses as well. And so it is just they just w- can't require two shots of them because kids haven't had enough time to get it twice. Correct. That's correct. So it's coming. God, New York City is awful. And but- the one in Keene that is being proposed right now. The mask mandate? Yeah, Keene, New Hampshire, where we live. Uh, supposedly, it's only going to affect people 10 years old and, and older. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, why don't I just start telling people at Walmart I'm 10? What are they going to do? <laughs> tell me to show my ID. I well, don't, don't have, have an ID. I'm that. 10. You don't have to tell them that, Bonnie, because you're medically exempt. Well, that's true. And Walmart's not going to ask you about that. Why well, 10? They start getting crazy. Why, why not 18 or 16 it's or 24 or 23 arbitrary. years and 16 days? Supposedly you can catch it and spread it if you're 11. I mean, uh, nine. You so. can catch it and spread it if you've got vaccine, you, if you're vaccinated with two yep. vaccines. The this committee hearing insane. for that is this coming Wednesday, isn't That's it? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. I'll be on the show, unfortunately. We're going to go. So awesome. We're not going to be here uh, on the show. So, uh, if you want to join in here, the number is 603-283-6160. My prediction here, and we've yet to see this happen because there's so far it's only really New York City uh, that's requiring it and San Francisco. But my prediction here is that somebody's going to bring their kids to McDonald's and they're going to not have... They're going to they're gonna bring their kids to McDonald's, but they're going to like switch... The kid, like they haven't got all their kids vaccinated or something like that, and so they switch their vaccinated kids vac or uh, vax pass for the unvaxed ones, and they bring the unvaxed ones with the other kids' vaccine passports because you don't have to show ID as a kid because they don't have kid ID yet. Somebody's going to get caught. Somebody's going to get caught doing this, and that will be the excuse that they need to say. Well, we hoped that we weren't going to have to do this. But because some people just aren't doing what they're told to do and they're trying to work the system, now we're going to have to start issuing vaccine IDs uh, mm. for all these children. So bring your kids to school or, you know, this week at school, we'll be taking their photograph Picture and day. issuing them, uh, you know, a photo ID from the city of New York City. That's what I think they're going to do. I think they're going to require all children to have a photo ID in order to go into places. I think you're correct. Uh, 603-283-6160. I hope I'm wrong, but that just seems like the next logical, statist, evil, total government, totalitarian, authoritarian, medical, hellscape state uh, step that they're going to need to take. It's an emergency. You know, People are dying. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones open here if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. Talking about the latest in New York City, which no one should be surprised to hear the news that now, as of December 27th, they will be requiring every single private employee in the city of New York... To have a vaccine, uh, to have two vaccines, they will uh, have to get the vaccine passport in order to, I, I think, not just go out and do anything. I think they're just required to have it. I think like, so. Period. Yeah. 
Uh, so whether like or not to you exist leave in New house, York City, yeah, whether or not you want to leave your house and go out and do everything, if you're going to be employed in New York City, you will have to have a vaccine passport. You will have to have two shots uh, of these various different vaccines or one of the Johnson and Johnson. Also, they're telling kids age five to eleven that they will now have to have a vaccine passport in order to go out. And do things around the city. Uh, de Blasio hinted last week that changes to the city's vaccine policies could be coming soon. Given the latest challenges posed in the city's ongoing COVID war. He says more measures may be imminent as far as vaccinations go too. Quote, we've got Omicron as a new factor. We've got the colder weather, which is really going to create additional challenges with the Delta variant. Why? We- why? 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 Why do people get sicker in cold weather? I don't know. Because they stay inside. I don't know that they do. You know, I've always heard that, but it doesn't make any sense from a logical perspective. It's not like being having colder temperatures makes your immune system weaker. No, but staying away from other people because you don't feel like going out into the cold might. He says, we've got holiday gatherings, he said, as he announced the mandate on MSNBC. Quote, we in New York City have decided to use a preemptive strike. Just like war, right? Like where the U.S. government goes... Against the disease. Against the economy. To really do something bold to stop the further growth of COVID and the dangers it's causing to all of us, he said. Okay, so when New York City has record cases, as they're going to, Mm -hmm. will he admit that his policy failed? No, he'll no longer be the mayor. Uh Ah. So it won't matter. Yeah. But but still, even if he was still the mayor, he wouldn't admit that it failed. Of course not. They they would find a way to blame the unvaccinated. Yeah. He said the city will uh, issue additional enforcement and reasonable accommodation. You know, sorry, I bet this applies to stay-at-home employees because they're still employees. So if you stay in your own house and you're employed, I bet you still have to get a vaccine. Because Mm. my friend got a ban on commenting on Facebook recently just because somebody she knows posted on Facebook. I applied for a stay-at-home job, a job where I don't have to leave my house, and they asked for my vaccination uh, status. And my friend only commented for a work from home job and just that comment got her boom yeah blocked from commenting for like 24 hours or whatever it is on facebook that's bizarre i say way worse stuff than that on facebook (laughs) (laughs) i mean i am you know up to 30 day bans but still something that innocuous i'm surprised to hear she wasn't facebook she wasn't trying to be controversial or anything she was like really shocked that that happened Hmm. yeah i mean you're working from home the whole point is that you don't have to deal with other people so what do they care if you're vaccinated or not control rules are the rules and they're corporations so they're going to follow the rules they believe that joe biden said that all businesses over 100 people have to follow this and that even though a court has apparently frozen that and that is not at this time going into play at the end of the year from last i've heard at least Uh, but they're going to do it anyway just because they expect it's going to happen do they also require their stay-at-home employees to be fully clothed because i would (laughs) bet that most stay-at-home employees are not (laughs) at least in pajamas so he says the city will issue additional enforcement and reasonable accommodation guidance to support small businesses with implementation on December 15th, about a week and a half before the mandate takes effect. Asked about potential consequences, de Blasio says some have to be in play. He didn't elaborate, but said few businesses have had to be penalized to date because of the rules. For the city's workforce, not Gotta break some eggs to make an omelet. 
Noncompliance with the vaccine mandate and absence of an approved exemption comes with unpaid leave. Some smaller private businesses may not have that capacity, de Blasio acknowledged, which is why he says his administration is taking the next nine days to work out the details with them. He was also in asked, nine days mm-hmm. for the largest city on the planet. Yeah, they're just going to get cracking on that. When governments are terribly inefficient at everything they try to do. The mayor was asked about his legal authority to implement such all-encompassing vaccine mandate, especially given Joe Biden's mandate for private employers with workforces of 100 or more employees has stalled in the courts. De Blasio says there is a, quote, legal right of the health commissioner to keep the people of this city safe. That is something that's been proven time and time again. So as mayor, he's health commissioner? No, but the health I'll commissioner works for it. him. Oh. You know, so they do what they want. Well, I don't know how it would work, but it sounds like there could be a constitutional challenge to this in New York City. But, of course, that that isn't going to help a whole lot of people. And then it's up to the New York Supreme Court, who I don't really know anything about. But I would imagine they're not very, you know, rights friendly. I saw the she's I guess she's not yet the chairman of the Libertarian Party nationally named a girl named Angela. She had posted on social media today like i just arrived in new york city let's take down this vaccine mandate as though they're gonna like sue and they're gonna be able to defeat new york city and as though that would still make it a place worth living even if they did i mean it's still an absolute hell hell hellhole as far as freedom is concerned no but i'm amused hearing that someone affiliated with the national lp is saying stuff on social media that isn't about the latest drama because that's all I ever see, right? It's the latest mm-hmm. drama among the National Libertarian Party. And it's it's such a glorious dumpster fire, man. What is do you want know what the latest drama is? He's got something know. to do with uh Karen Harlos and I Oh, uh, the interpersonal stuff where somebody doesn't that's like That's what somebody it always else. is. Yeah. I thought it was Daryl Perry and his wife. What the, she's, she's there, there is no libertarian drama that she's not part of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Latest I heard was she wanted to get hairs from the members of the yeah, Libertarian like, National Committee so it, she could put a hex on them. Yeah, that's what the Libertarian yeah. po- National Libertarian Party is up to. It's right. that. I mean, <laughs> that that right there is the perfect example of why I have no association with it whatsoever. It's right. because it's devolved into a social media argument about selling a witch your hair so <laughs> she can do a curse. The legal counsel for the mayor of New York City, Georgia Pestana, affirmed the legal authority of the city's health commissioner to implement such sweeping rules and said city and state courts have continuously upheld that concept amid a number of challenges these last few months. She said that the issue between the Biden, or the issue the Biden administration faces, quote, doesn't really apply here, unquote, because the injunctions were issued over the legal authority of the Occupational Safety and Health Administration to manage mandate implementation in one case and the centers for medicare and medicaid services in another she says quote here i don't believe there's any question that dr dave chosky has the authority to issue this mandate and it's the across the board nature of it that i think also makes it defensible so she's basically saying that because this is going to apply to every employer there's no doubt that it's you know it's not discriminating right like we're not discriminating against one employer or another we're not saying one employer is exempt and another is not i don't Everyone think that was the to. basis of the challenge to the biden administration's order i was certainly it? hope it wasn't because that's a no i it couldn't have been it's just that osha doesn't have the authority to do that the number here if you want to join us 603-283-6160 all of these changes could be reversed should Mayor-elect Eric Adams opt not to continue them when he takes office, uh, the December 27th mandate start is just four days before that. So I guess And he's elected mayor of New York City, so I'm sure that he's going to continue them. 
De Blasio said he's updated Adams on the plans, and Adams said he understands there are, quote, urgent threats facing our city, and it's the mayor's job to protect New Yorkers, unquote, but he said he'd let the mayor-elect speak for himself. Adams has been in Ghana and is due to return on Wednesday. Their spokes, his spokesman did, uh, did relieve a brief yet noncommittal statement as far as the mandate goes, saying, quote, the mayor-elect will evaluate this mandate and other COVID strategies when he's in office and make determinations based on science, if efficacy, and the advice of health professionals. When- so, yeah, he's going to carry on the same garbage. If he's not saying he's not going to, then there's a good chance he's going to, right? When according to that new document that came out, uh, show shows that the government and Moderna colluded together, to, and they both have interests in this vaccine that's just come out. And this was like this, a leaked paper, right? Yeah, and we can get into it. I got to find a story about it, but I thought so, it was common knowledge that the government was heavily invested in Moderna. Well, there was there was like a rumor last year, but Glenn Beck somehow got his hands on this like 104 page document that is I can't remember the word right now. It's like I keep wanting to say non-disclosure. It's not that it's some kind of agreement. Mm -hmm. And basically it's it's proof of what everybody already assumed. But when you take that into a factor or in as a factor and you think about the fact that this guy is saying as the mayor, I'm supposed to protect New York City. It just makes it more obvious than ever that this is a cartel running a protection racket. For sure. If you want to join the show, you can. 603-283-6160. I mean, it's hardly worth mentioning also that I've had in show prep for a few days now that New York City has reinstituted a mask mandate at all times indoors, regardless of vaccination status. That happened a a week ago uh, at this point. So they're cranking it up. And uh, once again, if you're still if you still care about freedom and you live in New York City, can you explain why it's Free Talk Live? Hour two next. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us. Bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. We've been talking about the latest tyranny in New York City, which you can expect to expand to other major cities and maybe even some states. We haven't seen that yet, but... It isn't wintertime quite yet. It will be in a few weeks. And yeah, the Omicron variant is barely even here, from what I can yeah, tell. Barely. 
And now it's the latest, you know, doom and gloom, fear-mongering nonsense. And it doesn't matter if it's here or not. They're going to tell us it's here. No, they're taking preemptive strikes, according to these people. The New York governor, who you mentioned, Bonnie, in the the last hour, the the new one, the lieutenant governor who was promoted after Cuomo. The one who uh, said the vaccine was given to us from God. Yeah, in front of a church group, she was saying that. She's got a little necklace that she wears that says vaxxed on it. Uh, I forget what a disgusting thing I was going to say about that person, but uh, regardless, this th- this stuff is insane. And you know, the best thing you can do, of course, is to get out of these places. You're not going to change New York City for the better. I don't care if your your lawsuit against this vaccine mandate succeeds. It's just going to be one little bump in the road for the status there, and they're going to come uh, come back with something else. Yeah, you're not making progress in New York City. No. You may slow, yeah. You may slow the tyranny slightly, but here in New Hampshire, we're actually dialing back the tyranny and the powers of the state. Yeah, and we can do more if we have hundreds and then thousands more people coming in here. Uh, So that's the most important thing is to is to concentrate liberty people, liberty activists in one geographic area. I'm not going to go on with this story about New York City because because it does go on giving numbers of, you know, what percentages of people are vaccinated and so on and so forth. It's like, look, they're now going to be mandating vaccines for everybody who's an employee within the state or sorry, not the state, not yet the state within the city of New York and children ages five to 11 are also now going to be included in that. So you decide, you know, what sort of world do you want to live in? Because you get to choose still to some extent today. You still get to choose as long as you are free to leave the place that you're you're in. You can come to New Hampshire if you're a liberty-minded person. If you're not liberty-minded, if you are like a conservative or something, then get out of New York and go to Florida. You know, you don't belong in New York. Let or the liberals anywhere have in it. the South, really. Yeah, probably true. Um, let, let Just the, not New Hampshire. Let the liberals have it. Okay, go somewhere where you are more welcome. Go to Texas if you're a conservative. There you go. And you'll find some more like-minded people. You'll be around people that are more like you. It just makes makes sense for people to start migrating if they haven't already, you know, woken up. This should be a slap in the face. You thought you could avoid uh, their mandates? Well, you know, this is just their next step. It's probably going to get worse from here. How that can be, I'm not exactly sure, but they'll figure something out. I, I wouldn't even say probably. It's almost certainly going to get worse from mm-hmm. here. I think well, as you re- pointed out, it's not even winter time yet. As from what I've heard, they're going to require it for Times Square New Year's Eve. So if you I wouldn't to... go to that in anyway, but no, neither <laughs> I. Neither I was I. interested to know if they did that again for Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but I'm sure I already know the answer because they did in 2020. It was they depressing. Well, like the uh, people in the parades were even wearing masks. It was right. just because they disturbing. didn't have the vaccine yet at that point. Yeah. so they could have only done the mask. There was no day. crowds either. Well, I imagine in New York City, you probably had to be both vaccinated and wear the mask to participate in the parade. This yeah. year would yeah. probably be true. Because they're crazy. Yep. So that's that. Uh, I think there was something related to that that you had, Aria, about the Omicron variant being the latest excuse that people like this, like Mayor de Blasio in New York City, the governor of New York, the governor of uh, California, et cetera, they're going to use this thing to take whatever next steps they want to take. Yeah, and it's refreshing to see this from a relatively mainstream media source. Uh, This is from The Hill. President Joe Biden announced a series of COVID-19 protocols on Thursday to combat the new Omicron variant. The protocols would do little to promote health, but that's not their intent anyway. Instead, these regulations condition Americans to tolerate 
continued governmental intrusions in our lives as they chip away at our freedoms on the false promise of safety. Yep. That's how it's always been. Biden had been, he had banned travel from South Africa, Africa, where the Omicron variant was first detected, and seven other southern... Just like Donald Trump did, and they gave Donald Trump, Donald Trump hell over that. Now, I don't think it was Southern Africa that Trump uh, banned travel from, but there were some like Northern African nations or something. It's been a while since it happened, but they were saying, he's a racist! And now Joe Biden did the exact same thing. And there wasn't one headline from the mainstream media proclaiming how racist Biden was well, for the exact not. same thing. Because they love him, yeah. right? The newly announced requirements include extending the federal mask mandate on public transport, including airplanes, until mid-March. Mm-hmm. And requiring international travelers to the United States, including vaccinated U.S. citizens, to show proof of a negative COVID-19 test taken a day before departure. So before you depart to return to the United States, even if vaccinated, you have to have proof of a COVID-19 test showing that you're negative. Wow. These measures will not prevent the new variant from spreading through the United States. It's amazing that even has to be said. They didn't stop any of the other variants. Why would they stop this one? On Monday, the president himself admitted that travel restrictions can slow the speed of Omicron. It cannot prevent it. But here's what it does. It gives us time. It gives us time to take more actions, to move quicker, to make sure people understand you have to get your vaccine. More actions to restrict freedom to do absolutely nothing to actually stop this thing. Yes. Why would he add to make sure people understand they need to get their vaccine? I don't know. That just sounds like a weird end goal. Shouldn't the end goal just be, oh, and hopefully it just, just can you know go away no because it's what you pointed out before is they've got some sort of deal with pharmaceutical companies so of course they want people to get vaccinated and it was just the other day that the uk uh, government gang announced that they're going to require the boosters every three months instead of every six that's an instant doubling of profits for the vaccination uh, for the vaccine companies it is that's a lot of money that's insane money and this is all about as believable as, quote, 15 days to flatten the curve 21 months later. <laughs> yeah. How does extending, which, you know, I would have tolerated. No, I, no, because I, uh, I was against it then. But the reality was the whole thing, the whole point was to flatten the curve so that we could hire more hospital staff and right. do all of these things, build more hospital beds. Now they're firing more ICUs. Workers. Yeah. And now they're just closing firing. down hospitals. Yep. Didn't build an additional ICU bed anywhere in the United States, from what I can tell. So why did we do all of that again? How does extending a mask mandate until mid-March buy more time? The existing mask mandate was not set to expire until January the 18th. The first case of the Omicron variant was already detected in the United States by the time of Biden's announcements. If a mask mandate on airplanes could slow the spread... The existing mandate would give six additional weeks to take more actions. More actions like, hmm, maybe building quarantine camps. They haven't done that They've one had yet. 21 months to build them, and they haven't figured that one out yet either. So but our government, it's... if they're trying to execute some sort of holocaust, they're so inept at it that it's hardly worth our attention at this point. Well, I mean, it is worth our attention because they are, I'm sure, paying attention to what's happening in Australia, where they are putting people into camps. True. And they're putting people into camps even if they've come into contact with someone who has a case. So anybody basically can be rounded up and put into these camps. It's only a matter of time. And maybe New York City will be the first with camps. You know, maybe the new the new mayor uh, will come in and say, well, look, what my predecessor did just didn't go far enough. 
And we've still found people with the with the uh, Omicron variant in this city, despite all these vaccinations that we've mandated. So therefore, we're going to take this old, crusty tenement house building that's empty and full of rats, and we're going to move all these unvaccinated people in there together. Wouldn't it be unheard of? Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that guy is not as bad as his predecessor, but we'll see. Promoting vaccinations is a major theme of the actions Biden wants to take. However, his change in testing requirements undermines the promotion of vaccination. Previously, unvaccinated U.S. citizens had to receive a negative COVID-19 test the day before flights, while vaccinated citizens could test up to 72 hours prior to departure. Now, all citizens, regardless of vaccination status, have to test a day before departure. So, which at least makes sense from a scientific standpoint, Mm -hmm. because we know that you can still get and spread COVID-19 despite being vaccinated. But all along for the last year, the rules have been, well, if you're vaccinated, you don't actually have to get tested. Everyone else does. Yeah, which just gave COVID-19 a license to be transmitted freely among people who are vaccinated. (laughs) At concerts. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in on this. Nice to hear somebody at the Hill speaking some level of sense that this is all just an excuse for tyranny. And you can share your thoughts on Free Talk Live. or organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. And now Intercoin has launched its investor token worldwide, and for the first time, it's available on an exchange. It's called XMarkets, exmarkets.com. You can create your account there with just an email address, so you keep your privacy intact. You can then deposit dozens of different cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, trade them for Tether, and then use that Tether to buy ITR, which is the Intercoin Investor Token. You can learn more about the Intercoin vision at intercoin.org and buy or sell ITR on xmarkets.com. exmarkets.com. You just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. So, Arya, you were sharing a story from The Hill Kind of basically like an opinion piece, essentially saying that this is all just an excuse for tyranny, all this COVID stuff, which is what we've been saying for he the last He hasn't said that's months. what it's all about, but he's like, it's being used as, it's an excuse for tyranny at the very least. Yeah. He, he's not saying there's nothing behind COVID-19 or the Omicron variant or anything like that. He's just pointing out that, hey, none of this stuff seems to actually work mm-hmm. as far as preventing the spread of COVID-19 or lowering cases or lowering deaths. None of it seems to have any effect. But it does work as far as restricting the freedoms of the people under these regimes. It is very good at that, and it, only that. And and this is because people are in a constant state of fear, because as Bonnie pointed out last hour, they've bought into the so-called experts, all of whom that are promoted are working for the government. There's plenty of doctors who disagree with them. But they don't get the airtime. No, they get kicked off YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and Correct. everywhere else. They get threatening emails or messages from you know their state. Oh, the, the state uh, the licensing licensees. boards. Yeah, yeah. So this guy just returned from two international trips. Goes he goes on. I was by myself on the first one, but I was traveling with my not yet fully vaccinated child on the second. So this person mm-hmm. isn't even against vaccines. Okay, he's had his or she. And their child has had their first vaccine. Mm -hmm. It's more of a hassle to get tested the day before departure. 
than when you have a few days to fit into your schedule. I bet it is. Yeah, but Jesus, first world problems, man. Oh, this was so much. When I had three days to comply with shoving this cotton swab up my nose, it was so much better hmm. than when I only have one day. That That's... That's a pitiful argument for freedom. It's like, oh, this was so much better when I had three days in which I could suffer mm-hmm. instead of only one. It's a way of... Well, they crossed his line. It's a way of, you know, breaking people's leg and mm-hmm. giving them a crutch. The government broke both of his legs and they're like, okay, now he's complaining because they also took his crutch away and now that's not that's as right. convenient. Taking away that flexibility for the vaccinated will cause fewer people... To see a net benefit in getting vaccinated. Oh, God. Oh, so he's upset that this is actually going to lessen vaccination. Yes. Interesting. Seems so. I know the expectation of easier travel factored into my own decision to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. He's not the only one. These latest policies. Mark Edge, from what I understand, (laughs) made the same choice. That's That's what I was thinking. Sad. That's just proof that it's. Uh, you know, being, you know, people are being coerced into doing this because your decision to do something with your body should only have to do with what you think will happen to your body. It shouldn't have to do with, well, the government won't let me travel as easy. Or I can't go to a concert or I can't eat out or whatever. It's crazy. And it's working very, very well to induce people to do this, quote unquote, voluntarily. These latest policies are not about slowing the spread of the Omicron variant in the United States. They are about extending the power of politicians and health bureaucrats to make arbitrary dictates into our lives and infringe our freedoms. More than 100 years ago, the great journalist and pundit H.L. Mencken observed that the, quote, whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed and hence clamorous to be led to safety by an endless series of hobgoblins, most of them imaginary. So true. And it's, it's working masterfully. Yes. The threat of terrorism served that purpose for the last 20 years, and we still tolerate removing our shoes at airports and limiting liquids to three ounces as a result. <laughs> right. I hate the TSA so much, man. Even though the TSA's own red team has proven again and again that their agents cannot detect uh, in a reasonable amount of you know percentages, it's usually like 70 to 90 percent failure rate. Uh, can't detect things like bomb parts and gun parts and things like that. And it's completely arbitrary. One of the times I went through on on the way to or back from Kentucky, this mm-hmm. guy had some amount of liquid in a bottle or whatever, and they were like, oh, well, you can't take that much. And he asked them a question or something. The guy goes, okay, yeah, I guess it'll be fine. It's just <laughs> completely up to the agent, not yeah. any sort of standard policy that would even be logical. It's mm-hmm. just... All right, yeah, you don't have to take two swigs of your Dr. Pepper. Huh. It'll be fine as it is. I wonder what he asked him. I don't recall what it, uh, I, I don't recall the interchange. What are the magic words? I, I was too busy getting felt up. Mm, yeah. So. I don't get the point of not being able to take water bottles. If they're afraid that you have alcohol in it, well, they serve alcohol. No, no, they're afraid you've got like acid and you're going to throw it in somebody's face. But you can take water acid, bottles, but you have to buy it once you get past TSA for $8 or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, I accidentally had a water bottle in my backpack one of the last times I went on a, a plane and I was standing there while they were like holding me up and I was like, what the heck are they holding me up for? And I was like, oh my gosh, my water bottle. It's just so stupid. Like, I don't know. You know, it's, oh, not it's acid. completely stupid. I mean, it's also a racket. It's just a way of giving those it's restaurants totally and convenience stores inside the airport more money. Yep. It's the first thing I do when I get through security is I go buy a bottle of water for okay. four bucks. Because they're going to make you throw yours away. Right. It's obviously not 
acid, though. It's in a plastic bottle. Well, plastic. there's probably some sort of acid that you can... I don't know. I'm not an expert on I these don't things. Know either. But that's what they're worried. That's the supposed reason, is you could have some sort of dangerous chemical in there. It, it's, it's absurd. The politicians and health bureaucrats will use each new variant of COVID-19 to keep us alarmed and infringe our freedom until we become accustomed to and passively accept these infringements if we let them. Enough is enough. And they are. Says this guy who's already gotten his child one vaccine. Well, well good. I mean, I'm glad for some people with the vaccine that, that you know, lines are being crossed. And, and it's going to be interesting to see what percentage of the vaccinated are willing to go for a third one and a fourth one and a fifth one and a sixth one. Like, are they going to start dropping off at some point? And I don't mean from dying because that's happening, too, apparently. Well, didn't you uh, say the UK government has now increased it to every yeah, three months, every three months for a booster shot? Good Lord, man. Mm-hmm. Is there science to back that up? Or oh, are they I'm just sure like some scientists? You know what? Paid. AstraZeneca's not making enough right. money. Let's double it up. Double, double their the profits, profits instantly. Because mm-hmm. this is a record year for Moderna, Johnson right. and Johnson, Pfizer, and I'm sure AstraZeneca as well. That means twenty twenty two will be a, another record year. It will be if everyone has to get eighteen thousand shots or mm-hmm. whatever number it is by then. Well, they can't just do like they can't go all the way to once a month right away. Like they gotta ease people into it. They gotta I get expected, them into a habit. I expected once every 45 days mm-hmm. when this started because that was what they said the the antibodies lasted for the most effective length or whatever. So I expect coming, every 45 yeah. days is going to be the end goal of Maybe this. Maybe by this summer or next summer. They'll, they'll, they'll be there. Hopefully the United States government continues dragging behind everyone else, at least in this regard, where they, they're just now approving the third booster. And yeah. the United Kingdom's like, no, you, you have to get your fourth or your fifth, whatever number they're on now. Yeah, that's true. Um, but hopefully by then, New Hampshire will be independent. That would be really nice. That would be nice. The number here is 603-283-6160. And that can happen sooner rather than later, the more freedom-loving people come to New Hampshire. Because, like, we could use your help. It's a, it's not an easy task, rolling the state back. We're doing it here, slowly. But if we had another five to 10,000 activists, it'd go faster. There's more coming up here. You can join us. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Talk live. You can bring up what you want right here. Number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And in the studio with you tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. 
So, uh, of course, you can bring up whatever you want. That is the point here on Free Talk Live. Don't forget, you can follow us on the Odyssey platform. Odyssey is a video sharing platform that was created by the folks over at Library. I think it's been like a year and a half since they came out with it, basically. The idea was to compete with YouTube, and they've been doing a great job uh, getting YouTube creators to move over to Odyssey to sort of co-publish there. And that is where you're going to be much more likely to be protected. Uh, the Odyssey company doesn't, at least as far as I know, take down people for their content. They do have a couple of rules, a few rules about the content that you can post to it. Uh, like, for instance, there's no porn allowed on Odyssey. But uh, that's up to them. That's It is a platform. It's not a protocol. But it is. it is originally was based on the library protocol. And library, LBRY.com, is uncensorable. It is blockchain-based, a decentralized media sharing protocol. And we've been using that on Free Talk Live for years now to post our video archives. So follow us on Odyssey. It's the easiest way to do it. Though, if you want to go all in and support us on Library, that'd be great. You can download their Library desktop app at lbry.com. But again, if you want to follow us on Odyssey, go to video.freetalklive.com. So, Bonnie, you had brought in a story here tonight. It was more something that you heard somewhere about Glenn Beck. Yeah. Um, I saw on Anti-State, which is a really popular libertarian Instagram, his interpretation of a long video that Glenn Beck came out with exposing a confidential agreement that came out between the U.S. government in 2015 and Moderna that just shows that they ha- they have a joint ownership of mRNA technology. Yeah, and actually finding this, you had found one website that was a very religious kind yeah. of sounding site. and Well, it's cl- related to Glenn Beck, so... True, and he's a... I think he's a Mormon. Mormon, yeah. It was a kind of just badly written article in general. Yeah, and so you'd asked if I could find another one, so just looking for it, you can't find this story on Google. Even though I have the link to the actual agreement, the 153-page agreement. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I couldn't find that either, um, but uh, you cannot find this story on Google, and so I used the quote, I, I was able to find it through DuckDuckGo, it, it was like easy, the first re- first result that I looked for, I looked for uh, something like, I don't know, mRNA vaccine I don't actually have the the exact search that I did here at this time, but uh, but whatever search I used on Google did not find this, and then I used the exact same search on DuckDuckGo and found the story right away. So, Scary, yeah. Time uh, to stop using Google then. Yeah, um, it's a habit though. You know, it's like it's one it of those is. things you've got to work. But I mean, uh, you can set your browser up to use DuckDuckGo instead. That's true. I just wish DuckDuckGo was just a little better. Like, yeah. Today I googled what is monk fruit and I got this like. Chinese, I don't know. Sorry, it's just when a you say dumb you exist. Googled it, or do you mean oh, you searched, I searched it? Searched it? it on DuckDuckGo, but yeah, I just hate DuckDuckGo. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> that's but thing. that's exactly the point, right? Yeah, Google has become so ubiquitous; it has become a verb. But how often? <laughs> how often does the average person really go to Google.com and Versus perform a search taskbar or whatever? Yeah, and you can set the taskbar to use whatever search engine you want. Yeah, you just have true. to work a little harder with DuckDuckGo, but I guess it's worth it. I love the idea behind DuckDuckGo, but I've always had the same problem with it that you did. Like, if I wanted to find something, Google would always lead me to it prior to its latest censorship trip or whatever. Yeah, unless it's political. And DuckDuckGo, I sometimes wouldn't even find it. Yeah. Well, uh, there's got to be something else out there that people would recommend. I know I heard that Brave Browser now has one. Ooh. 
Um, I have not really spent much time with it, but as I understand it, they've got a supposed privacy search where, you know, they're not tracking you or cooking you or anything like that. But right now it's just like a demo, right? I don't know. Uh, I heard about it several weeks, if not a few months ago. Yeah, Chris Wade was talking about it. Then I started using StartPage because it allows you to search Google without actually sending Google any of your data. But the privacy thing was the only issue then. Now it's also a matter of, oh, well, Google is actively suppressing certain things. Yeah, that's a huge problem. So so StartPage is no longer a sufficient solution. CentipedeNation.com has a very short uh, summary of this story, and that is that that Glenn Beck has supposedly this document, which you say you've seen, Bonnie. You said you've actually got the, the link to this thing? Yeah, I got it from AntistateNet. He has one that's AntistateNet. He has multiple Instagrams, but I got it from his um, stories, and I looked at it. It's 153 pages. It looks like a government document, so uh, I could send it to you. According to Beck, in what is apparently a lengthy video, uh, like a two-hour-long video, he goes over this. On page 104 of the document, it shows a collaboration between the NIH, that's the National Institute of Health, Moderna, and Dr. Ralph Barrick, whose signature appears on page 106 of the Material Transfer Agreement. And the agreement was that the NIH transfers the mRNA tech to Dr. Barrick, but what they wanted to make clear is this, quote, mRNA vaccine candidates developed and jointly owned by the NIAID, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and Moderna. Now, there's no other context here, so I don't know what the previous... I don't have the actual document in front of me. It's not linked here in any of the stories that I was able to find. Uh, But uh, supposedly they're saying here that the U.S. government has an agreement with, at the very least, Moderna, that there's some sort of uh, joint ownership of mRNA-based vaccines. And look, I get it. The argument that, you know, well, Moderna and these other companies, they've been working on mRNA vaccines for years and years. Okay, fine. Why have they still never produced a successful vaccine until this brand new disease, Mm -hmm. right? If they've been working on mRNA vaccines for the measles or whatever, where are the other vaccines, right? Right. They don't have one. But suddenly there's this brand new COVID-19 that no one knows anything about and they can magically whip up a successful vaccine against it. I don't buy it. And I, I don't need to because the the st- the evidence seems to show that the vaccine doesn't... It's not effective. Yeah, it's not effective. It's so ineffective they actually had to change the definition of vaccine. Have you seen this, right? I've heard this. I haven't looked I into it. it, but... I checked it because, you know, when I heard it, I'm like, yeah, right. Come on, really? Merriam-Webster changed... It. Yeah, they did. And it now says what? I'll pull it up for you because it used to say... Conan may have actually talked about this one night where... They changed it to, it now provides... Assistance to your immune system or something like that? Something about serious illness, if I remember correctly. That now it reduces the likelihood of serious illness as well. Yeah, I'll get the actual wording for you here. So the way it used to be was the definition was essentially that it would would create an immunity. Right. Against the thing. Which is what we all understood a vaccination to do. Right. Now, according to Merriam-Webster, the dictionary people, right? Uh, Number one, a preparation that is administered to stimulate the body's immune response. So not to create an immunity, but to simply stimulate your immune response. Even just eating a hot pepper stimulates your immune response. I believe you. 
Um, and here's the dictionary.com definition. Any preparation used as a preventative inoculation to confer immunity against a specific disease. So they haven't updated their definition. Good for them. But Merriam-Webster has done so. And those are completely different things, right? To have immunity versus stimulate your immune response. Yeah, like being outside mm-hmm. or getting a cold getting or mm-hmm. playing in the dirt or whatever. All of these things stimulate your immune response. Yeah. Oh, and what was it I saw? They changed the back. Um, they changed another definition recently, too. I'll see if I can figure out which one that was. But there's another one that was just like, you got to be kidding me. Anyway, the number here is 603. Herd immunity? No. six. Oh, well, they probably did that one, too, but I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, 603-283-6160. If you want to join the show, you can bring up whatever you want. So... Is the government sharing in profits with Moderna? I mean, that's what the suggestion is from this particular story. I don't know if that's... The government's the one paying Moderna. Yeah, which is weird, right? So, it's all very weird. Yeah. It could be a different part of government, you know, just giving to one hand to give to another hand to hide. So you can bring up whatever you want here. Coming up, Craig Wright, the man claimed to be Satoshi Nakamoto... Is he victorious in this civil case he's been involved in? We all brought the story in to talk about tonight, so we definitely got to cover that on the way. Your call is welcome as well. Free Talk Live. Coming up, we still have to talk about Craig Wright. He is the man who claims, I should say one of the men, because there have been multiple people who have claimed to be Satoshi Nakamoto. In fact, have there been any women claiming to be Satoshi Nakamoto? I don't recall that, but that doesn't mean that there's not. You know, we don't we don't pay close attention to all of the supposed claimants to the throne. I'm Satoshi Nakamoto. Are you now? No. Uh, no. And Roger Wright isn't either. I mean, if he was, Craig Wright. Craig Wright. If he was, uh, some government would have killed him already. Mm-hmm. There's a reason the real Satoshi Nakamoto isn't coming forward. And it's because governments are going to be kind of unhappy with Satoshi Nakamoto. Well, yeah. When he first started claiming that he was Satoshi Nakamoto, the Australian government raided his house. Wow. So. And then they were like, oh, this guy's full of crap. And they left him alone. <laughs> Maybe so. But the Australian government wouldn't be the only ones after him. That's right. Most of the world would be. Most of the world's governments would be. And that presumes that Satoshi Nakamoto is even still alive. And there's some theories that he's not or she or whoever it is uh, has been dead for years. But we can get into all that coming up here. Your calls and thoughts are welcome, though. You can bring up anything. Sarah is on the line in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live, Sarah. Hi. I just want to say that they, the city councilors here, they really believe that if they throw out all the panhandlers in the middle of the uh, street um, and freeway entrances and off ramps, that they will um, reduce pedestrian fatalities. Hmm. And uh, it's amazing. And and then the. They're trying to take it to the state Supreme Court about this. Hold on, Sarah. I have a quick question. Yes. How do they believe that this is going to reduce pedestrian fatalities? It sounds like a way of just getting panhandlers off of the intersections where they're most effective and using an excuse of, oh, well, it's to protect them from getting run over. Are panhandlers frequently run over there in New Mexico? 
Well, we're, we're number one in pedestrian fatalities. I remember Usually that. We run with Carol about 97 pedestrians each year. It's not hard so to believe, though, that a panhandler would have a higher propensity to be hit by someone. I mean, the, the longer you stand by the side of the road, the more your likelihood of somebody just, whoops, you know, clipping you or running straight yeah. in you. Every panhandler I've ever seen point. was really good about, like, not being in oncoming traffic, though. Sure. But that doesn't mean that yeah. somebody's oncoming isn't going to go ahead and be in you, right? Like, they could just decide and you know, they're not paying attention or whatever, and then they run up on the curb, and before you know it, you get hit. That, that's the that's whole point. Is that do they have data? that every? So in other words, every pedestrian that got killed, let's say, they did a, a complete analysis to make a complete a proof that most of the people that are getting killed are the ones that's standing panhandlers. You know, I mean, what, what, they don't have It can't any... possibly be most of them. Uh, but uh, No, that's the whole point. But that's what they're claiming. And that's why this is ridiculous. They're claiming and, because uh, that allows, you know, goody two-shoes to feel good about the fact that they're really just making life harder for people who panhandle. Right. I mean, that's my assumption. Yeah, that, I think this that... might be something where we actually agree with Sarah on. So it's, it's, it's not often that we agree on topics, Sarah, but I'm with you. If what you're saying is that panhandlers should be allowed to do their thing on public property, I, I tend to agree with you. And in fact, I believe the U.S. Supreme Court has already ruled on this. So it's odds are good if the uh, New Mexico or rather the Albuquerque City Council passes some sort of anti-panhandling ordinance, it will be overturned because that has absolutely already happened at, I believe, the, the Supreme Court level. You mean the um, the... I mean, as in the Washington state? If I recall, no, uh, Washington, D.C. I believe that uh, the Supreme Court has heard these cases before. And I, if I recall correctly, it was the ACLU who took them there. If it wasn't the Supreme Court, it was definitely like the Court of Appeals that handles various different areas. But I'm pretty sure it was Supreme because... What an easy reason for cops to just harass anybody walking on the side of the street now. Oh, you look like you were uh, asking that car to pull over so you could ask them for money. Sure. Oh, the cops would love to have more uh, opportunities to harass homeless people. They just love well, like going around cutting about, up their tents and you know ruining their lives. Go ahead. Yeah. So then, the what I think is that people are talking on cell phones, texting, um, doing on their smartphones, uh, running red lights, and and then you know they they just have a careless driving habits. And I then, tend to and, agree, Sarah, to the extent that. Drivers are the number one cause of pedestrians being run over by people in vehicles. But all of the things that right. you just mentioned are already illegal. It's already yeah, against the law. To... They, they, they don't stop at the stop sign. They're always speeding. They're always um, they're breaking all the traffic rules. But I guess I guess when you're a driver, you really can't help yourself. You're just trying to get somewhere and you got, you want to, you got other things on your mind. But then, you know, they have like this two-ton vehicle that's really dangerous. So, I, yeah. You know, so what do you propose right. be I mean, done I, about it? Well, um, aren't they supposed to aren't they, uh, do the auto sensor? I see commercials about if you're backing up, they have a, it's like a, you're driving a dump truck. They have like six cameras, three cameras in the back, another two cameras in the Cameras side. won't matter if people aren't paying attention. Right, they're supposed to beep you and warn you also if there's something behind it. So most of the cars are going to have this 
function built Don't you in. think most pedestrians get hit from the front? Yeah, I have to retract my previous statement. More often than not, if you get hit by a car that's backing up, it's probably the pedestrian's fault. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's correct. And then the, most of the pedestrians get hit in the front. But the, the thing is that... I mean, if they don't see them the through the windshield, a camera on the dashboard is not going to help them see them. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just that people are just in a hurry. Um, I guess... Well, we here's the thing. The pedestrian them. shouldn't be in a hurry, okay? I get everybody's in a hurry, right? Like, But if you're a pedestrian, you should double check before you go running out into traffic. I mean, it's so easy to avoid being hit as a pedestrian unless you're dealing with somebody who is drunk behind, you know, behind the wheel and or seriously not paying attention. And they just run right off the road and then, you know, run up onto the the curb or onto the sidewalk and you have no way to get away from them because you weren't expecting that to happen. You're just walking down the sidewalk. I mean, Keene has uh, one of the most highly walkable places in the United States. I forget the terminology, but what's awful? The way that pedestrians walk around everywhere like they own the roads here. Well, I mean, they do. I it's mean, annoying. Pe- pedestrians have the right of way. And yeah, that's but how should, it is everywhere. They should realize that's that... That's not how it is everywhere. It's not how it is everywhere. And it's they not should, supposed to be everywhere. They should also realize that if they get hit by a car, they die. I mean, that's more... And you'll survive it if you're I'll driving. survive. Like, not but, that I want to hit them, but... And in New Hampshire, they don't have the right of way everywhere, only at designated pedestrian okay. crossing areas. But, I mean... What I was getting at was, in here, it snows a lot, mm-hmm. and we still don't have a very high pedestrian death rate. Why would snow have anything to do with it? Because it's a lot harder to stop on a dime if someone walks in front of you when there's you know True. two feet of snow on the ground. There's also fewer people walking around. True. But every pedestrian I know, well, every person I know who has hit a pedestrian, which is two people, mm-hmm. by the way, all hit them when there was a lot of snow on the ground. Makes sense. Thank mm-hmm. you, Sarah, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160, and I did pull it up uh, according to the ACLU. A 2015 U.S. Supreme Court ruling made it clear that most laws targeting panhandlers are unconstitutional. So, nice. I mean, how could you even prove somebody is panhandling? Even if you see them go up to a car, stop them, and ask them something, you can't prove that they're asking for money. Well, it's, it's just... pretty easy. You just drive up to them, and then they ask you for money. I mean, that's Yeah, but if you're a cop, do. they're not going to do that. But panhandling isn't illegal. It's not illegal to stand around and ask people for money. And they shouldn't make it illegal. But that's the thing. It was made illegal in some places, and those were challenged by the ACLU and was overturned. Uh, Those laws were overturned. So just because it was overturned at the Supreme Court doesn't mean that the the City Council of Albuquerque isn't going to try it themselves. And then somebody else then has to appeal it and then appeal it again up to the, you know, the Supreme Court. Uh, So this is, you know, that's that's why these court systems the system we have sucks because whenever a court makes a ruling, you would think that it would be like the law or something like that, or that you know the government gangs around the country would give a damn about it. But yeah, they you should be able to just it. go to the city council and be like, "Hey, look, here's this Supreme Court ruling. Yeah. You can't do this." And they They'd go, just "Oh, okay. It. Well, we can't do that then." No, they, they won't. Though. They'll be like, "Well, we're going to do it differently. We'll change the wording, and we'll make ours better." And then you've got to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever to try to appeal these things uh, to go all the way up and spend however many damn years it takes to go all the way up to the Supreme Court only for them to, you know, once again, rule in in the favor of panhandling. And then that just strikes down Albuquerque. And then some other city goes and tries it. Los Angeles or San Francisco. Like even here in I've seen them do it here in Keene, New Hampshire, where they were told by their own city attorney that, hey, if you make this law to to outlaw uh, synthetic drugs, it will be overturned the first person who challenges it. And the city council basically said, well, 
let's do it anyway and see what happens. So they knew what they were doing was illegal. Yes, absolutely. But there's no punishment for them for it. There's more coming up here. Hour number three is on the way. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on doing the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, kicking off the third hour of the program. We have time for you if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. Coming up, Craig Wright, the man... Well, I would say the most infamous of those who claim to be Satoshi Nakamoto. He just quote-unquote won a lawsuit where he sued, or was being sued? We'll get into it. Uh, regarding Because he usually sues people. That's kind of his thing. He likes to sue people that say things about him that he doesn't like. Uh, with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. We'll get into that story. Of course, your calls and thoughts about whatever you want to discuss and to the phones we go. First up, Alu is on the line, uh, the publisher over at Liberty Block, libertyblock.com, great uh, New Hampshire-based freedom website, pro-independence. Uh, but that isn't necessarily why you were calling tonight. Alu, what's on your mind? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, a few things. The other night you were talking about Judaism, and it is pretty complicated. I know that some of the Jewish divisions are against the vaccine mandate, some are against the vaccine, some are against most vaccines, and some are pro-vaccine. Um, yeah, it was a lady that called were... into the show that, that kind of really brought this up. Um, and, of course, you know, we're not experts here. So she was making claims, and I thought, well, wait a minute, I've heard that some of the uh, the uh, Hasidic Jews in New York City are completely against a lot of this vaccine mandate stuff. At least they were out in the streets protesting over mask mandates and lockdowns and things like that. And, I'm, and I thought, wow, those guys are pretty awesome. And then they had this uh, massive funeral during yeah, the did. middle of a lockdown. Yeah, they did. It was I thought amazing. it was a wedding. Or was that more all than one? All of those things. Yeah. yeah, they do all of those things. They just it don't was care. Hardcore. Yeah, the Jews are, are very, very interesting. I mean, there's a tremendous community, kind of kind of like Christianity, where there are a thousand different types and a thousand hmm. types within each one. Um, so I grew up ultra-Orthodox, what you'd call like Litvish, so not necessarily, not Hasidish, not Spartic. Um, so Litvish, kind of um, one of the normal common divisions. None of us have any idea what any of those things that? mean. Hold on, can you spell yeah. that word, lit what? Litvish, I don't know, L-I-T-V-I-S-H. It essentially means like, uh, European, I guess, not not Hasidic. Was that the um, one she and, was and talking that, about, the lady that called possibly, in? Possibly. I mean, there are so many types. She, she mentioned Lubavitch, which is, I think, a type of mm. Hasidic. Okay. Um, and Lubavitch are, are very interesting, sometimes very intense. So 
sometimes they don't keep all the stuff, but sometimes they're extremely intense Orthodox Jews. Now, you grew um, up like in New Abbey York Hampshire, City, too, right? Like you were in, in, in Lake, Lakewood, New Jersey. Yeah, well, I was religious in Lakewood. I wasn't religious by the time I left. Okay. But in Lakewood, New Jersey, it's a very, very intense community. Some some divisions, some types of Hasidic, also some other types of Jews there. So, And again, interestingly there, we almost everyone got the vaccines when I was raised. My parents gave us pretty much all the recommended vaccines, but my first cousins, um, he, my first cousin right there in Lakewood married a woman who was 100 percent anti-vax and none of their kids got any vaccine ever and ever will. Hmm. Um, so I remember my mom saying, like, they're pretty weird, but, you know, same exact type of Judaism, uh, maybe a tiny bit different. But uh, there are some Orthodox Jews who are just at the same level of intensity, like fully 100 percent obey all the laws of the Torah. But there are some that totally do not get vaccines. I don't know if it's because research is used on fetal cells. I don't know. It might be other reasons. And then there are some Jews who also, like my mother's father, who was also, you know, very observant. Jew, observed all the stuff, didn't believe in hospitals. And until he was like just about dying of uh, cancer and septic, he refused to go to a hospital. He said he would pray and God had his, had his back. So a lot it of It makes sense. I mean, that's sort of you know, uh, fracturing exists among Christianity as well, whereas some Christians are against all vaccines, some are only against some vaccines, some right. aren't against vaccines at all. Some are against, like, hospitals and, uh, like, wearing glasses and any kind of external uh, modification to their health. I, yeah, almost it, like it makes Mormons me feel silly or, to refer um, to Jews as a single religious denomination, because mm-hmm. obviously it would be silly for me to refer to Catholics and your Southern Baptists as though they're just one and the same. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I just wanted to clarify that a little bit. Like they're so different. I mean, and, and they, a lot of them, almost every type, especially Lubavitch, they listen to the rabbis. If, if they're like chief rabbi of their synagogue or their entire sect, almost like the Pope, like if the rabbi in Israel of all the Hasidic people or something says something, almost everyone will listen 100%. So if mm-hmm. they say do a certain thing, if they say get the vaccine, I think almost every Jew of that sect or maybe every Jew altogether in the world will get the vaccine. If they say don't, almost every one of them won't. Now, it gets very interesting because a lot of the rabbis are around half and half, maybe a split 50-50, I don't know. But a lot of them are saying get the vaccine. A lot of them are saying don't get it. So, yeah, like you saw in, in New York, a lot of them protested, which is great. But a lot of the rabbis are recommending it. So hmm. both are right. So when that lady called and said a rabbi recommended it, she's right. And the others are also right. A lot of rabbis are not recommending it. So it's, it's very interesting. Um, but, yeah, speaking of coronafascism, I don't think I ever mentioned it on the show yet. I wrote a whole book called Coronafascism. And it's based on like my 10 years in emergency medicine and what I saw and what I saw in my research and everything. And in New Hampshire with dictator Sununu going crazy. So it's, it's a whole book and it's, it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all over called Corona Fascism. And so your, uh, your Alu like Axelman, A-L-U-A-X-E-L-M-A-N, by the way, for listeners that don't know. Can you find the it. books on the libertyblock.com? Yeah, it'll link, but it'll link to Amazon. The only place to buy it, besides for in person from me in New Hampshire, is on Amazon or Barnes and Noble's website if you prefer that. I think it's just Liberty Block, not the Liberty Block, right? It's libertyblock.com. Yeah, it's libertyblock.com. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and check him out. He does his own podcast as well. It's on uh, LRN.FM. Of course, you can download it and, and watch it live. Now, I, mean, I am curious. You made me curious since you know you're calling in about religion. You said that you weren't uh, religious when you left New Jersey. Are you no longer a follower of uh, Judaism? No, I'm agnostic atheist now. Okay. I, I was raised ultra-Orthodox Jew. By the time I was around 13 and a half, 14, I was totally leaving and didn't really believe anymore. And at that time, I asked my mom to uh, let me leave. And eventually, she gave in to let me move to Queens to my dad. Then I was there for 10 years. I was not religious. Then, um, as I started to realize what New York was, and as Cuomo and de Blasio radicalized me into an NCAP, <laughs> I moved to New Hampshire in 2017. What is wrong with these libertarians that are still in New York City? Are they just that delusional that they think they can change things? 
I don't know. I've been asking them for a long time, and I still have a lot of friends in the Libertarian Party of Queens and New York and conservatives, and they, they are in denial, and they still think they can save New York, and they call me a sissy for running away from a the fight. A sissy? In New York and, yeah, yeah. Well, they call me the P-word, but I, I don't want to get to wow. the toilet. Well, they think they can save the whole country, right? We just have to get one Libertarian yep. president, and yep. that will change everything. Even though yep. the, the Republicans and Libertarians, I've been yelling at them for the Republicans because the GOP, number one, they are Democrats. They're almost the exact same 100 percent GOP in New York. But but and they're never going to win. But even if they do win, then they're not any different anyway. Right. Also think... Libertarians, like my friend Larry Sharp from Queens, he's run for governor. He's going to run again. He raised a half million dollars last time, got one or two percent. I love him. He's my friend. He's a great Libertarian, but he's never going to save save New York or make it gold, you know, make it libertarian. If he moves to New Hampshire, he could do phenomenal. Yeah, he could, he could win. win some state he could reps win. and then, you know, be governor here. So uh, I've been telling him to move here for forever. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I saw some sort of fundraising thing for him again, and, and somebody posted it online, like, you, you're crazy to give this guy money. You're crazy mm-hmm. to throw... Just go ahead and set the money on fire. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, if you actually... It would want, be equally as effective. Yeah, if you actually want to have an effect on freedom, then give money to the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. Give money to uh, any state rep candidate or Liberty Senate candidate. Were you trying to say something there, Bonnie? I was going to say, I don't see how uh, moving to New Hampshire is the, you know, wussy move in this situation. It seems like staying in New Hampshire, I mean, in New York, just to be told to shut up anytime you open your mouth is more of a cuck move. Mm. You know, of, of course, what they say is, is I'm running away from the fight, you know. I'm, no, this I'm is the fight. There's no fight and, there. Yeah, the yep, fight there's exactly. already lost, and it's been lost for, you know, however many generations. Yeah, oh, speaking of giving money to things that actually make sense, like instead of donating to Larry Sharp or Wendy Longshot, who's running against Chuck Schumer. In the That's Senate, really her last win. name? Hold they on. Should, is her last no, name really Wendy Long? Wendy Long, <laughs> but they call her Longshot. When, when she runs against the Senate leader and gets helped 10% as a Republican, yeah, it's a long shot. So yeah, wow. um, instead of doing things like that, they should send money to, like you said, FSP, NHLA, Foundation for New Hampshire Independence. But also, if they use Amazon Smile, if you go to smile.amazon.com, you could put in the Free State Project or Foundation for New Hampshire Independence. And I think also the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance hmm. is a nonprofit on Amazon Smile. And at no cost to you, Amazon will donate, I think, like 1% or uh, a tenth of a percent of cool. all the purchases you make on Amazon. They'll donate from Amazon to that organization. So I obviously do it for the FNHI right now, but I also do it for the FSP. I kind of rotate every few months. But now with the with the uh, FNHI, I should do that, obviously. That's the Foundation um, for New Hampshire Independence, which are you the yep. president so if now? Does that, it would help a ton. Are you now the president, yeah, president of that? Yeah, president and uh, chairman of the board, I prefer. Cool. I just gave my parents a book by Alu for Christmas because uh, nice. it's a really good like introductory uh, book to understand why secession is the only answer. And since they're conservatives, it really does kind of like lean towards explaining things to a conservative. What was it called? Do you remember? Do you remember what it's called, Alu? Yep. The Blueprint for Liberty. The there Blueprint for Liberty. <laughs> Blueprint for Liberty. Thanks, Alu. Appreciate your call tonight, man. Thanks for sharing and clearing all that stuff up. Uh, poor bastards in New York City. They need to get a clue. And New York State, for that matter, and every other state. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Open phones, as always. If you want to join in here, you can bring up anything you want. Number 603-283-6160 here tonight. It's Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. And I remember the other definition that I recently heard was changed by Merriam-Webster. Oh. So we were talking earlier about how they changed the definition of vaccine. 
to or f- from the original definition, which was. You know, but who it, changed it? Because people Merriam say Webster. they, and I think, you know, I don't know, medical textbooks or what? Probably that too. Well, that's what I'm always think, wondering. But it's apparently just Merriam-Webster. Well, Merriam well, they Webster, means the institution. Yeah. When yeah. used in this context, Merriam-Webster is easy for us to check. I don't know how we would check a medical mm. textbook, and obviously they can't change old medical textbooks, so it would have to be an upcoming editions of them but it wouldn't surprise me if they did that yeah, it was interesting um, to know dictionary.com still has the old definitions correct which has to do with the original definition of basically some sort of thing that you take that uh that creates an immunity to something nasty and now the miriam webster's definition is that it just stimulates the immune response which is different from saying creates an immunity that's just like yeah. oh well maybe it'll fight it maybe it won't doesn't getting a cut stimulate an immune response that's Your immune system difference. responds yeah. to it. Right. So uh, now the other one that they changed was the definition of anti-vaxxer. And also, when I checked dictionary.com, they had not changed the definition there. So their dictionary.com's was still accurate. But uh, Merriam-Webster's definition of anti-vaxxer is now, quote, a person who opposes the use of vaccines or regulations mandating vaccination. New media versus old media. Yeah. The old media is clearly just a state propaganda piece at this point. Mm. Yep. But dictionary.com continues to still have actual useful definitions for words that we actually use. Yeah. Kudos to uh, dictionary.com for that. Of course, you know, ridiculous to say that people who are against mandates are anti-vax. No, I'm just against mandates. Some people who have been vaccinated are against the mandates. Well, they're not... anti-vax now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's so stupid. That's what they say about Robert Kennedy uh, Jr. for creating or writing a book about the real Anthony Fauci. They call him an anti-vaxxer, even though he's not against vaccines. And I'm pretty sure he got the shot. Yeah, I think this is a bit insidious now that I think about it, because there are a lot of people who are already vaccinated, but they're just against the mandates. Right. Right. But this allows them to blame the anti-vaxxers for everything. And it's not just the unvaccinated people at this point, because anti-vaxxer is considered a square word that no one wants to be. It just prevents people from speaking out against the mandates despite being vaccinated because now they're defined as being an anti-vaxxer. Let's go on with your calls and thoughts, and then we'll talk about Craig Wright, the current claim uh, claimant with the most renown, if you will, or the most infamy. Uh, Certainly to- the most amount of money that he has to pay to someone over a lawsuit (laughs) yeah that's true even though he's claiming he won this lawsuit we'll get into it coming up here in moments the claimant of satoshi nakamoto the creator of bitcoin is he really though Uh, let's go to richard in new mexico richard you're on free talk live go ahead yes albuquerque had another experience last night when two passengers on a greyhound bus got in a fight. One of them grabbed the bus, dropped the bus's steering wheel, which caused the bus to wreck. Oh, geez. The bus went off of the road, hit a power pole. The bus Oof. driver was in critical condition. The two people that were fighting were in the hospital with three other passengers. And my complaint for tonight is what are we going to do about security on Greyhound buses? Another uh, 
crosses that are on the major highway. Well, I mean, this is an interesting question. And, uh, Richard, thank you for the call tonight. Thanks for bringing that up. It's just a crazy situation that, like, if you're going to have a scrap on a Greyhound, just keep it to yourselves. Don't grab the damn steering wheel of the bus. I mean, heard a bunch of people in the. That's insane. I mean, these people were obviously out of their minds, or at least whoever it was that grabbed the steering wheel, uh, probably like doped out of his mind or drunk or something like that. I I don't know the details in this case, but it sounds absolutely horrifying. As far as security is concerned, you know, it makes me wonder, does Greyhound prohibit their drivers from carrying a weapon? Because if they They probably do, it wouldn't surprise me. Most most corporations do. Uber certainly does. Do they? They don't let their drivers carry weapons. But you're a contractor. You're not even an employee. That's right. But they still won't let you do it. I mean, they think they can tell you to wear something on your face. Right. So it wouldn't surprise me if you're not allowed to as a bus driver. And that might be something that the drivers need to get together and say, hey, look, we're not willing to take this risk. You, you know, this could have been us. This could have been me. This could have been any one of us. And, uh, you know, if you let me carry a taser or, you know, uh, something, a knife, it, whatever they anything. feel comfortable with. Sounds like Sarah is right about people in Albuquer- Albuquerque not caring if they live or, live or die. Because this was a suicide attempt. I mean, he's the one standing up grabbing the... It's not just Albuquerque, though. It's Arizona and New Mexico both. And all that sun, it's rotten these people's brains. And <laughs> I don't know what it is. And, and I mean, some people are immune to it and they, they come out okay. But from from what I've heard, man, New Mexico... Just no, just avoid. Go all yeah, the way bad. around New Mexico. Thank you, Richard, for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here is 603 283 So let's get into old Craig right here. The story coming out of Coindesk.com out of Miami. Federal jury found Dr. Craig Wright, the Australian who claims to have invented Bitcoin, did not have a. <laughs> Did not have a business partnership with deceased Florida computer forensics expert Dave Kleiman, but he does owe $100 million in compensatory damages for conversion to a company Kleiman founded in Florida, WK Info Defense Research. Sounds like a victory. I feel does Wright have that kind of money after all the money he spent on attorneys well, and lawyers? I don't know. He apparently has $70 billion. Well, in- <laughs> Original Satoshi Bitcoin. Yet he has never moved a single Satoshi of that Bitcoin. No, but it would be the most glorious thing ever if he did turn out to be Satoshi and he did pay this $100 million fine out in that Bitcoin. That would, man, talk about making half the uh, Bitcoin world eat their feet. Yeah, I that would. That would do it. He I would apologize. Though. Like, he would have done it by now, right? Like, if he could actually prove he were Satoshi Nakamoto, yeah. he would have done it by now. He's not Satoshi. For sure. He, he says, I feel remarkably happy and vindicated. He said in the courtroom hallway, I'm not a fraud and I never have been. He added that he had offered Kleiman's estate, represented by Dave's brother Ira Kleiman, quote, 12 million many years ago, which if he had taken that then in Bitcoin when Bitcoin was $200 and he kept it, you can do the math, he said. Wright testified he was friends with Kleiman. Who would have turned down $12 million in Bitcoin? I don't believe that in the first place. Satoshi was so into privacy. Why would he just be like, this man? I'm I'm Satoshi, I'm Satoshi, everyone. Well, this because make sense. Wright is delusional. <laughs> he wants the attention. He just sounds excited because him and his lawyers decided, we, we can spin this loss, this $100 million. As a win. We can spin it as a win by, if you make it sound like it is... It proves that you're Satoshi. A lot of people won't look that deep into it, and then you can somehow make money off of that. So there's more to say about this particular case, and we're going to get into it. Uh, It's very interesting. 
about this Dave Kleiman guy, who some people have suggested this Kleiman might be Satoshi Nakamoto, and he died in 2013, hmm. which would explain why Satoshi has never moved his coins, because the guy who had the keys is dead. Uh, but your thoughts are welcome. 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. So you've signed the Shire Society Declaration and are planning your move to New Hampshire to be around more liberty-oriented people. Next, sign up for the Shire Society Forum at forum.shiresociety.com. There are a bunch of people there who are already in the Shire, and they want to meet you. If you're already in the Shire physically, you should also come by the forums. Remember, not everyone uses Facebook. New people are signing up for the Shire Society Forum every month, so drop in and say hello at forum.shiresociety.com. Deciding that Dr. Craig Wright, who is the man from Australia claiming to have invented Bitcoin for years now, although he's never proven it, and it would be easy, technically, for it would him be to do so it, easy, dude. If he actually had the original keys, still, and why the why the real Satoshi Nakamoto would have lost the original keys to the original Genesis blocks and the original, you know, wallet that holds apparently like, I don't know, a million Bitcoin or something like that. It's got to be high. I don't know what the it's number is, but it's a lot yeah. from what I understand. Why that person would not have taken ultra precautions with something like that. Considering I mean, he created this to change the world's financial system. Yeah, I can understand why somebody... In 2009 or 2010, before Bitcoin, you know, started to really kind of get out into the news, before the Silk Road, before it like really took off, uh, I could understand why somebody who was like a computer geek and they heard about this Bitcoin thing and they went in and they got the mining, you know, thing, they started mining it and they mined themselves thousands and thousands of Bitcoin <laughs> back then, but it was, it was only worth, you know, 10 bucks total or something like that. I could understand why that person might have been like, you know what? I'm tired of spending all my computer time on this mining stuff. I'm just going to, you know, delete that. I, I still can't delete. imagine it. I mean, even even in those circumstances, someone that knowledgeable to be mining back in 2009 or whatever, surely they would have at least just like written down their private key somewhere. Maybe, but I but I could get, I could at least give it to them because they might still not have realized what they had. Whereas the creator of the thing, as you say, the person or persons who is Satoshi Nakamoto knew what they were doing was intended to destroy the banking system, to undermine government monies all around the planet. They had that vision. And it's working toward that vision very well. Yes. Now, they, they wouldn't have necessarily have known in 2009 whether that vision would catch on, but they had certainly knew what the vision was, and so it would have been... A smart move to hold on to the keys to their bitcoins instead of just losing it on some laptop somewhere. I don't even know what the guy's story is. What is it that like he must have been asked this right by a <laughs> by a myriad of these crypto news agencies, right? Like so, ABC News wouldn't know to ask this question, but CoinDesk and Cointelegraph and these other people certainly would. Like, all right, Craig, 
Where are the keys? If you're saying you're the original Satoshi Nakamoto, why aren't you proving it? What is your story? Is he going to claim he lost it in a boating accident or something like that? What's the claim? If I was Satoshi Nakamoto, first of all, I just don't think I that Satoshi Nakamoto would be the type to come out and be like, I'm Satoshi like that. That's I just right. I just don't believe that. But if it came out or something, I would want people to believe, oh, I don't have the keys. I don't remember anything. That's a that's an interesting point, Bonnie, and I hadn't thought of it that way. But I think you're also right that the real Satoshi wouldn't be out there pounding the pavement about it. He wouldn't be out there, you know, hollering to people about how he's the real Satoshi, etc. Wasn't he all into like pretty good privacy and other things like that? Yeah, and the other thing that to me says that Craig Wright is not Satoshi Nakamoto is his attitude towards the government. The Mm. Craig Wright. So I have a quote from here from Craig Wright about why he won't just, you know, prove his identity. Hold that for just a moment. But Craig Wright has spoken out against anarchists. Mm -hmm. He has spoken in favor of government regulation of Bitcoin. That's right. I've forgotten about that. Now, the real Satoshi Nakamoto designed Bitcoin to undermine the entire governmental money system. So It's in the white paper. How could you write the white paper and then say, oh, I love the government? Right. At the very least in the early newsletters. So it doesn't make any sense to me that you know that craig wright would be unless he's coming at it from your perspective bonnie of trying to on one hand claim that I, he is satoshi i wasn't trying to say that means but that do he other is. things that suggest that he's not actually satoshi in order to confuse people no it, i just think that real satoshi wouldn't come out at all but if it accidentally came out then it would make sense to be like i don't oh, have the keys right <laughs> craig wright says just because you have a private key does not mean that you are the owner of it in the same uh-huh. way that having a copy of a house key does not provide you with ownership of a house, a key does not provide you the ownership of Bitcoin. Dr. Craig wrote in his latest so, Satoshi ridiculous. wouldn't be that stupid. If it's if you have the you if you have the private key, you do own the house in the case of Bitcoin. And yeah, if you let deeds. someone else have a copy of your key, they also now own that house. Yeah, and, and you're right, uh, I think you're gonna get to this, Bonnie. This is a terrible analogy. Yeah, there's just there aren't deeds to Bitcoin like there are deeds to houses. Well, the private and, key is essentially your deed. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. The private. Sorry, key, the word key confused you. The private key. Yeah, Satoshi. <laughs> uh, the the private key of a Bitcoin wallet gives you the ability to send the Bitcoin. That is total control over that Bitcoin. Whereas if you have my house key, you don't have the ability to sell the house. You just have a key to the house. You can come in. You can go do the laundry. You might be able to sleep on the couch, but you you know you can cook yourself uh, some breakfast. But you still don't have the ability to sell the place because you don't have the deed to the house. And right. ultimately, that's the difference here. It's a terrible analogy on his part. And besides, what is that? How does that explain why he hasn't moved the the Bitcoin? You're he, he's saying that it wouldn't prove anything if he did. <laughs> that's insane. Except that it's it would stupid. prove that he controls the wallets. Yeah. That is his yeah. Bitcoin. It would prove that he was the first person ever to move any of that coin in fact he doesn't even have to move it all he has to do is sign something with it so with bitcoin wallets there's like the more i think advanced bitcoin wallets like something satoshi would know how to do yeah absolutely they can do something called a signature a cryptographic signature basically so it you can essentially sign a statement that with your key that proves you have the key because the only person who could sign it cryptographically in that way is a person 
who has the private key. So you don't even have, he doesn't even have to say, move the Bitcoin from one wallet to another, although that would certainly prove it. And it would, it would be a lot easier. He could just sign a statement and then as long as it's the same key, you know, that's proof too. He goes on, your keys in Bitcoin do not provide proof of ownership or identity, except they do provide proof of ownership. Yes. At best, keys may be associated with possession. In the realm, what is ownership, if not possession? In the realm of English law, there are many laws associated with the subject of possession, but possession, contrary to popular dogma, is not the same as ownership, and it does not guarantee an individual's identity. I can't wow. believe the journal in question even published what a that nonsense. <laughs> what journal was that? I don't remember now, and I've already closed it. Too bad that Bitcoin was created without government permission and therefore has nothing to do with english law yeah and that's the other thing about him is he's always relying on courts he's always relying on governments and he's suing people yeah so he's constantly suing people if you say something about this man and he doesn't like it he'll bring a lawsuit he doesn't matter if he doesn't live where you live because again he's from australia he'll hire an attorney where you live to serve papers and bring a lawsuit against you classic narcissistic behavior yeah he's out of his mind um, he absolutely is, because as we pointed out repeatedly, um, if you have the keys, the private keys to a Bitcoin wallet, it is your Bitcoin. You may have an agreement with your friends who share that key with mm-hmm. you or whatever, but it's still ultimately your Bitcoin. Yeah, and, and what his big answer there, his rambling answer, did, still didn't answer the question of why don't you just go – Even okay, fine, you're saying you've, you're sharing ownership with this, whatever. I'm not sure exactly what he's trying to say there, but you could still sign a statement with that key and then prove that you're at least partially Satoshi Nakamoto. Well, except he what he's, he's saying he's is that one. wouldn't prove anything except that he has a copy of the key that you know belongs to the first Bitcoins that were ever mined. That which only would, Satoshi Nakamoto would have. Yes, which would in turn prove that he is, in fact, Satoshi Yeah. Or at least was a t- Satoshi adjacent at the time that the first Bitcoin block was mined. But has he? Does he? Has he ever even answered the question of why he won't do that? Like he just did this. That, well, that was his answer. That was a ridiculous. But answer. that answer will work in the legal system that doesn't mm-hmm. understand all of this. This is why the legal system is like, sure, we'll we'll consider this possibility. In the crypto world, is like, dude, that's nonsense. Yeah. Well, in this particular case, the the one that just happened in Miami in federal courts. Craig Wright has been ordered to, to pay $100 million in compensatory damages to a company that he founded, apparently, with Kleiman. That's the guy who uh, whose family sued him. So Wright was actually the defendant uh, in this particular case for once. More coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. Satoshi Nakamoto, but refuses to prove it because he can't. Uh, or maybe, as Bonnie suggested, it's, it's an interesting theory. He didn't suggest that. <laughs> that, uh, well, okay, you're saying that if it had come out somehow without his control that he was Satoshi Nakamoto. If it was me, then I would be like, I, I don't have the keys, I don't know what you're talking about, I forgot about those. But it could be that he's doing what you maybe didn't suggest, but my, my interpretation of what you said was that uh, he's saying he's Satoshi Nakamoto, but doesn't want to prove it because it would show that he's got the money, and then the governments could force it out of him. But then what's the point of even telling people that you're Satoshi? Well, he's getting a lot of attention for it. But he's apparently already rich. What's the point of getting attention? Well, 
people who have money don't just want more money, right? Some of them want power. Some of them want renown. They want, in his case, attention. That's a good question. What does Craig Wright want? <laughs> well, apparently he wants to sue everybody he doesn't like in court, who everybody who has said something mean about him. Uh, because he's done That's that. a very un-Satoshi Nakamoto thing to be doing to people. Yeah, well, a lot of things he does, it's very un-Satoshi Nakamoto. And, uh, but anyway, you can comment here if you want. The number is 603-283-6160. He says he's vindicated and remarkably happy after a court verdict from a jury in federal court that he owes $100 million in compensatory damages for conversion, which is, a, by the way, a legal term. And it doesn't, it's not exactly like theft. By the way, as we were talking about going out to the break, he was the defendant in this case. Correct. He was being sued. He's been ordered to pay $100 million in damages. That's right. And his response is, I feel vindicated. This is a victory. <laughs> Completely mad, well, this man is. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, he was not found liable for almost every count in the lawsuit. So, so there is that. Uh, but... Just so you know what conversion is, because it's one of those terms you don't hear a lot in like criminal court. I mean, people are charged for it, it. But yeah, uh, conversion is when someone takes your property for themselves or acts like something you own belongs to them. So it's not quite like theft in most circumstances, but it's kind of in the same ballpark. Taxation like is conversion. It certainly is. Uh, so conversion here, according to Coindesk.com, the jury was asked to consider damages in both Bitcoin and dollars, but chose to award the $100 million in damages in fiat currency alone, writing zero BTC on the line for Bitcoin damages. The jury ruled... Interesting. Because uh, that would have been an awesome precedent if the jury had ordered him to pay this amount in Bitcoin. In Bitcoin. Uh, let me see what else here. The verdict... Wright testified he was friends with Dave Kleiman and that Kleiman helped him edit a white paper that explained the foundation of Bitcoin, but insisted the two were not business partners. Kleiman died in 2013, and his brother bought the, brought the federal civil lawsuit on behalf of Dave Kleiman's estate and W&K Info Defense Research. On the verdict against W&K, Wright said it means, quote, I owe my ex-wife more money, unquote. He was referring to the fact that Kleiman's control of W&K is being challenged in court in Palm Beach County, where Wright's ex-wife Lynn Wright and current wife Ramona Watts each claim to control a third of WNK and are suing Ira Kleiman, that's Dave Kleiman's brother, alleging he didn't have authority to bring the federal suit. So apparently Wright's ex-wife is as litigious as he is. As is his current wife, apparently. I mean, they're together on this? Sounds like it. It sounds like a disaster is what it sounds like. These cases have been on hold pending the outcome of the federal suit. It's worth noting the jury was not asked to decide on the identity of Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonymous creator of Bitcoin. Both sides in the suit premised the suit on the assumption that Wright was either entirely or partly responsible for the creation of the cryptocurrency, with Wright's defense stating that he alone created Bitcoin and Kleiman's side arguing it was a partnership between Wright and Kleiman. However, Wright's claims to be Satoshi have been widely discredited and none of them were tested in court. I love that, that if Craig Wright had just shut his mouth and not claimed to be Satoshi, he would never have gotten sued, sued. by someone who said, no, I helped you create Bitcoin. Mm. This idiot brought him this on himself, and I only hope we see more of it from people who were early on in Bitcoin. Punish this idiot. Well, but apparently they did do something together. So W and K 
which is uh, Info Defense Research, the company that he now has to pay in compensatory damages the $100 million to, uh, was he was involved in. I believe he is the W in the W and K, Wright and Kleiman. Okay, makes sense. So these two did know each other, and they did have some sort of a, an agreement together, apparently. But I just think it's retarded to think that if the judges were convinced that he was Satoshi or wasn't Satoshi, that he thinks everybody needs to take that as proof. It's just, I mean, not judges, the, the jury. 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 Well, again, the jury didn't, uh, didn't look at that question. Well, um, you although, know, whatever it was that he thinks is proving it. Well, they well, don't have to look at it because Craig Wright will tell them, yes, I was Satoshi. The claims here depend upon whether or not, you know, there was reasonable cause of preponderance of the evidence. I forget what they use in these civil matters. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. To conclude that they could have had, it was like more likely than not that they had some sort of agreement in place along these lines. The jury was asked to evaluate the following. Whether they believed Wright was liable to climb his estate for the breach of a business partnership, whether he was liable to the estate for conversion, whether he was liable to W&K, their joint venture, for conversion, and that's what they found that he was liable of, whether the plaintiffs proved their case for civil theft, whether Wright was liable for fraud to the plaintiffs, whether Wright was liable for the breach of fiduciary duty to W&K, and whether Wright was liable for unjust enrichment against the plaintiffs. Ultimately, the jury found Wright not liable for the majority of those charges. Who cares what nine Florida men think about this, though? I think it's probably a, d- a dozen, but oh. uh, it was, in short, uh, far short of what was asked for, up to thirty-six billion in the value of for the value of Bitcoin in dispute, one hundred twenty-six billion for intellectual property, and seventeen billion in punitive damages. That's what the people who were suing him were looking for in this particular case. I don't know what what on earth made them think they could get a loss a settlement that high. Even well, if they had been, even if the jury had, you know, found Craig Wright guilty of all charges, that would be an insanely massive. That that would set a precedent, wouldn't it? Was this hundreds of billions of dollars? Well, even know. worse. I mean, less of a reason to tell a bunch of jurors that you are Satoshi Nakamoto. Oh, I have trillions of dollars. Uh, we'll just we'll just give him a hundred million. He has to only pay a hundred million. Now, strangely, during the jury's fifth week in the courtroom, they decided Wright and Kleiman were not in a business partnership, and thus the plaintiffs are not owed a portion of the partnership's assets, which the plaintiffs believe to include about 1.1 million Bitcoin and intellectual properties such as software. So what does the W and K stand for, if not Wright and Kleiman, and how are they not in a, a business partnership? They did rule that uh, Wright owes WK Info and research, or Defense Research the $100 million for intellectual property, but didn't define what intellectual property they believe that Wright converted. Over the course of the trial, both the plaintiffs and Wright's defense team described a variety of projects, including testnet bitcoins and white papers on subjects, including hard drives and supercomputers, as intellectual property owned by W&K. And according to the story, uh, Kleiman, the living one, the brother, Ira, was not in the courtroom but told Coindesk last week that as the case dragged on, quote, I'm depressed. We thought they would return a favorable verdict in a day. Instead, the jury took an entire week to deliberate this uh, this case. Yeah, but they still just gave your brother's company $100 million. So I don't know what you're upset about other than the fact that he wanted billions. Yeah. But, dude, it's $100 million. Why does that depress you? 
He's a quiet man who's largely avoided the press, while Wright has a host of supporters who are active online. Feeling his side of the story had been drowned out, Ira added a section to the website DaveKleiman.com highlighting details from exhibits in his court case that he hoped readers would see. These include emails Craig Wright wrote to various people saying things like, quote, Dave Kleiman and I started mining in 2009, so we have a few things that will interest them. It's a shame Dave died last year before fruition, but all is moving ahead. I was not the person doing the mining. Dave was, and... Satoshi was a team. Without the other part of the team, he died, unquote. Ira was frustrated that, given such pronouncements, the jury hadn't easily found in his favor. See, I could believe that, that Craig Wright doesn't fully control the private keys to Bitcoin because Satoshi Nakamoto is multiple people. Mm -hmm. And I will even allow that Craig Wright could be one of those people. But it doesn't seem very likely. And uh, he's never proven it, and he's never explained where the private keys are if he was indeed uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, instead giving a long, rambling answer about why keys aren't proof of anything, which yeah, is a lie. If Satoshi Nakamoto was a group of people, they would have some sort of mechanism in place taken into the inevitability that, that someone the, would die. The, yeah, because that kind of thing happens to humans. They die. Yep. And Satoshi would have known that. It's kind of scary to think of all of that Bitcoin being in the police state of Australia. Well, it's not in Australia. Well, it's yeah, on it's on the blockchain. Yeah, but the, you know what I mean? The, the keys. The keys? We don't know where they are. Those True, may not be in Australia either. Those I assume they're the lost forever. Yeah, they must be. Wherever they are. Unless Satoshi's still out there somewhere and is just, for whatever reason, never moved these things or never plans to. If he or she ever does, it'll be in a, a momentous day in the world of Bitcoin. But uh, I, I don't know. I kind of I kind of buy this the claim that whoever Satoshi is, they died at some point. We're out of time. We'll post this on our social media platform, social.freetalklive.com. See you tomorrow. This program is brought to you by freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.